From the studios of Tucson Business Radio X, recorded in the Stewart Title Corporate Offices on Broadway, you are now listening to The Mark Bishop Show. And now here's your host, Mark Bishop. Well, it's been a topic of discussion lately. What is the impact of the Supreme Court decision in striking down abortion restrictions? In a recent decision, the Supreme Court struck down a Louisiana law designed to shut down abortion clinics, meaning states cannot enact abortion restrictions under the guise of patient safety and health, and clinics in Louisiana can stay open. But this ruling is just the beginning. The legal right to abortion is the floor, not the ceiling. Advocates are mobilizing to ensure everyone has the abortion care they need in their communities and end the restrictions that push care out of reach, even with the right to abortion in place. Oriaku Ejaku is a national expert on abortion access and co-director of Access Reproductive Care Southeast, which provides funding and logistical support for Georgians and women across the region who cannot afford to pay for their abortion care. She is a national expert on abortion access and the impact of restrictions on black women and communities of colour and serves on the board of the National Network of Abortion Funds and Repro Action. Welcome, Oriaku. Thank you for having me, Mark. Well, this decision comes amid a global pandemic that also disproportionately impacts communities of color, including black women, Oriaku. Right. Yeah, I mean, what we know about COVID-19 is, you know, it's absolutely disproportionately impacting those who are already failed by our healthcare system um, and people who are struggling to make ends meet, which includes people in rural communities, black and brown folks and indigenous folks, um, people living in urban areas as well. I mean, it's impacting so many people. And those same people who are feeling the brunt of restrictions on health care are also feeling the brunt of restrictions around abortion or restrictions around being able to access an abortion they may want or need. Well, last year saw an unprecedented wave of abortion bans passed in the South and Midwest. What does this decision mean for women's access to abortion care in this country? Yeah, I mean, one of the main, you know, takeaways from this is that, you know, the courts absolutely did what they were supposed to do by upholding past decisions, but at the same time, a recognition that courts and politicians do not decide our destiny. You know, there's so much work on the ground that needs to be done through using our voices, through making sure people people's material conditions are being met, Um, And then also doing things like voting to make sure that, you know, we're not here in another four years um, having the same conversation about being able to self-determine what is best, not only for ourselves, but for our families. Um, And so with this particular case and the way it turned out, you know, we're just acknowledging the reality that, you know, outside of abortion being legal, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's accessible. And so thinking about what we need to do to make sure that people can even just get to their appointments um, in a political climate where it feels like our bodies and our decisions are being used as political pawns, you know, to make gains under the guise of health and safety. Mm-hmm. Oriaku, is abortion still legal in every state? I mean, will clinics have to close? 
so abortion is still legal in all 50 states um, in the U.S., um, but uh, going back to the point around just because abortion is legal does not mean it's actually accessible. And so, you know, with these medically unnecessary restrictions, like the piece of legislation that was struck down by the Supreme Court, um, you know, there are so many barriers that whether it's coming from the state or coming from, you know, federal laws that are up here um, that keep people from being able to get to their appointments, but also would potentially close clinics. So our hope is that you know, with this win that we received, um, you know, last year was a huge year for a lot of anti-choice legislation to come through. Mm-hmm. Things like the six-week abortion ban that came through in the state of Georgia, you know, we just got word this week that they're striking that down as well based on the results from the Supreme Court as well. So we're hoping that we'll get wins across the country, which will help help the doors stay open for so many clinics that provide abortion care in this country. Well, let me ask you this then. Does this decision, do you think, mean abortion clinics will stay open and access will improve? My hope is that that's the case. Um, you know, when we're, my hope is that abortion clinics will continue to stay open, um, that we'll be able to increase access to abortion care by hopefully opening some more clinics in addition to you know, making sure that groups like ARC Southeast and other abortion funds who work tirelessly to eliminate barriers to access are fully equipped with what they need to continue to provide for folks in our community um, to get the abortion care that they want, need, and deserve. Mm-hmm. What What is Access Reproductive Care Southeast, and how will this decision impact your work directly? Yeah, so Access Reproductive Care Southeast, or ARC Southeast, um, is a regional reproductive justice organization based in Atlanta, Georgia. We do our work in Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, South Carolina, and Tennessee. And so what that looks like is we support folks all over the South um, who need help with navigating the obstacle, two obstacles of accessing an abortion. So we show up by providing abortion funding, um, also logistical support like rides, lodging, child care, translation and interpretation, emotional support, gas money. Um, and these are things that folks don't necessarily think about as being barriers to care. But, you know, in when you think about how Mississippi has one clinic and Alabama has three, and to be honest, in Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, and South Carolina, you know, the state of Georgia actually has more clinics than all four of those states combined. Wow. And so the reality is that people are crossing state lines every day um, just to access care. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you're thinking about how are you going to make sure your kids have child care where you have to take multiple visits to go to an appointment yeah. or um, how are you going to get the gas money to get to the appointment? These are things that we think about to make sure that people get the care that they want and need. I'm speaking with uh, Ori Aku Ejaku, a national expert on abortion access and co-director of Access Reproductive Care Southeast. Abortion restrictions uh, disproportionately affect poor women and undeserved communities. I mean, what kinds of barriers already exist for folks that uh, call your helpline? Yeah. Um, so outside of some of the barriers around, like, how to just navigate the system, you know, um, in 
the southeast where we live or where I live, um, over 90% of folks live in a county without an abortion provider. Um, if we're looking specifically at the state of Georgia, you know, there's 159 counties in the state of Georgia. 79 of those don't have an OBGYN, and then nine of them don't have a doctor, period. So we're already talking about being in a region or in states where folks are already having so many issues accessing healthcare, period. And to come, you know, to add on having medically unnecessary restrictions around abortion care, it just means that it's even harder to access you know, basic mm-hmm. health care um, in, in a lot of places in this region. Um, there are also things like waiting periods. So, you know, depending on what your zip code is or what state you live in, you could be waiting anywhere from 24 to 72 hours to be able to be seen for an abortion, even though you may be firm in your decision. Um, that is another one of those medically unnecessary restrictions that have been put in place. So, you know, there are so many obstacles and barriers that we think of, but we are absolutely hopeful that not only with this case, but with the increased amount of energy and awareness around these issues, that we will be able to create a shift around how people are talking about abortion and accessing care. Mm. Well, I mean, this decision comes in the middle of this horrible COVID-19 pandemic. How is this affecting abortion care overall right now? Yeah, I mean, you know, with COVID-19 being present, um, you know, we know that folks are already disproportionately impacted um, by our failed healthcare system, and folks are already struggling to make ends meet. And those folks are Black and Brown folks, people in rural communities, you know, mm-hmm. all sorts of people who we live with and love with and care about every day. And those same people are also experiencing the brunt of restrictions on healthcare, are also experiencing those restrictions when trying to access an abortion. And so the really tough thing right now is just recognizing that we live in a country where there are some politicians that are using this global healthcare crisis to ban abortion care, which is actually increasing healthcare risk to people by causing them harm, by having to do more medical visits in a time where we're supposed to be socially isolating, by having to travel out of state for abortion care. And, you know... Yeah, that's not helping, is it? Yeah. It's it's not at all, you know? And in this moment where people are struggling to get an abortion on top of being overburdened by healthcare systems, job loss, food insecurity, no childcare options dealing with sick loved ones in the midst of uprisings as well. I mean, you know, it's it's so much to think about as far as all of the barriers that are compounded and exacerbated, especially in the midst of a global pandemic. Well, let me ask you this. Where can uh, my listeners go for more information and uh, be able to read up on this topic? Yeah, so if you want to learn more um, about the work that's happening in the Southeast, you can visit arc-southeast.org. Um, to learn more about our organization. Otherwise, you know, we're part of a network of nearly 80 abortion funds all across the country doing this exact same sort of work. Um, And folks can go to abortionfunds.org to learn more ways of how to plug in locally, um, to make a contribution to folks who live in their communities and figure out how to make reproductive justice a reality in our lifetimes for folks. So uh, in closing, what can people do to get involved if they want to, you know, to support your efforts? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're an abortion fund, so we're always 
trying to fundraise to make sure that we do have those funds to be able to eliminate the financial barriers. Um, there's so many volunteer opportunities, not only by providing logistical support, but, you know, writing letters, figuring out, like, going to state houses when it's okay to be outside again. <laughs> um, so many just having conversations at their kitchen tables about what this means for people to be able to access abortion care. Um, so there's there's lots of things that folks can do, but definitely visiting uh, the abortionfunds.org website will will help channel people in ways that are really specific to their state or region. Well, I was speaking with national experts on abortion access and co-director of Access Reproductive Care in the Southeast. Thank you, Oriaku. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, and I Such wish you well. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay, you Thank take you. care. Well, you know, when you uh, when you look at it, everybody, uh, since 2011, the states have passed more than 400 laws restricting abortion, uh, forcing clinics to close and placing medically, you know, unnecessary barriers in front of people seeking care in the eyes of some. Last year saw an unprecedented wave of abortion bans passed in the South and Midwest. But in 2019, an estimated 29 independent abortion clinics were forced to shut down, while 136 have shuttered since 2014. The impact of abortion restrictions falls hardest on people struggling financially, especially women of colour, young people, rural and immigrant communities, and, of course, the LGBTQ individual. This is The Mark Bishop Show. 